Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Uh, for today's podcast, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast this morning. Hi, Jonathan. Good to be back. So, Alan, we've got a very interesting day in the markets. Um, we're seeing a lot of movement, um, not only in equities, but some of the alternative assets such as Bitcoin. So we're going to cover those in, in some yeah. detail. Um, and there's also three equities that we're going to discuss, which, t- which tie quite nicely into some of the themes that we're seeing um, today and, and also this week. Uh, but we, we've, we've been touching on uh, this in, in recent podcasts, Alan, and, and I um, it may get a little bit boring for listeners, but it, it is a, a major theme in markets and obviously a major concern. Yeah. And that's really driving um, prices th- this morning. And, and that's inflation. We, we've seen fears in the United States um, over the last couple of months with uh, inflation soaring over there and, and what it means for monetary policy going forward. There's been questions about uh, the Federal Reserve and, and, and are they going to be tapering their, their stimulus anytime soon um, and then how far past that do they start to look at, at, at increasing rates I and mean, they've made a number of comments to say they're going to be letting the economy run until they feel all of the weakest areas of the economy uh, are sufficiently uh, recovered before they, they make any shift. But just this morning, Alan, we, we've had some uh, some data from the United Kingdom and yeah. we actually have got an inflation rate of 1.5%. That that's doubled from 0.5, sorry, 0.7% uh, the month before, mainly driven by increasing uh, energy prices. Uh, that's obviously a, a, a big impact on the CPI. Now the Bank of England has a target of two percent, so we're still some way off of, of that target, um, but. There's obviously some fears, and we're seeing those fears in, in markets today, because as soon as we start to see inflation increase, um, we're obviously seeing market forces start to price in a potential interest rate hike. Uh, we've seen the the, the UK 10-year gilt um, trading at the beginning of the year is trading about 0.2%, now trading at 0.9%. So that shows that the market is anticipating an increase in in rates at some point, but Alan, in in your view, is the market getting a little bit ahead of them, themselves here in starting to price in uh, a, an increase in in uh, rates here in the UK? Given that we're still in the middle of the pandemic, and it doesn't look like there's any sounds coming from the Bank of England that they're going to be changing rates anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. I don't believe for a second that they will. I mean, the US uh, Biden administration has signaled they're going to stick with the uh, stick with it with the current monetary policy and just allow the the uh, the, the areas of industry and the the sectors that have been uh, hit hardest by COVID um, allow them to recover. So we can we can then take a view on what we I suppose you'd refer to as a more normal economy you know with all elements of the economy functioning uh, as they would as they would do normally um, of course we've got um, uh, yeah the, the, the pressure in the UK from increasing energy prices that's inevitable but um, the Bank of England I don't believe for a second 
will uh, will rock the boat at all uh, for consumers um, uh, simply because um, uh, and it, it, the, I think the the interest rate uh, levels that uh, are currently um, are currently out there will remain in position for some years to come simply because the Bank of England um, uh, will not want to rock the boat. We've got uh, uh, people coming off furlough schemes, going back to work. Some people sadly will lose their jobs because those companies will, uh, some companies won't be able to survive and come out of the other side of COVID. Um, so with all those factors, those those people will be borrowed, they'll have families, they'll have, they've got bills to pay. Um, any impact on interest rates could be disastrous and uh, could potentially lead to the sort of scenario we saw in the early 90s where where um, uh, houses or house house prices moved sharply into negative equity because people were so heavily borrowed and uh, had and had borrowed um, loans that, with the increase in interest rates, they simply couldn't repay. So um, the Bank of England will not want to see that scenario repeat. So in my opinion, they will keep things where they are. Um, so what we're seeing in the markets today is, I think, a bit of an overreaction and possibly, uh, you know, some. Uh, some uh, some people in the market uh, moving the market on the back of of sentiment um, uh, in in the very short term. Yes, I mean I'm just looking at the stocks here that some of the, amongst the the biggest fallers uh, on the FTSE 100. Um, we're, we're looking at, at miners; they're they're pretty weak today. Um, some of the banks uh, are pretty weak also. These are actually some of the best performing stocks so far in in 2021 i mean how much of, of this move today alan do, do you think it is down uh, just to a wave of of profit taking on some mild concerns and could it in your in your opinion uh, provide an entry point for some of these names we've discussed on the on the uh, podcast previously which is set particularly in in the, the commodities sector uh, for some mm. um, you know pr- pretty uh, Pretty strong tailwinds with uh, high commodity prices. Obviously, looking at, at banks and, and improving uh, economy. I mean, you personally, would you be viewing uh, this sort of pullback, and indeed, if it, if it does pull back some more, as an opportunity to step into some of these names? Absolutely, and I think there's also another factor that um, will become uh, it, it's most definitely a force in the marketplace now. Um, a lot of a lot of first-time traders and investors have done incredibly well uh, making money in in the crypto space, and um, as we're seeing currently a crash in in the price of Bitcoin, um, some of those some of those uh, um, portfolios may well be liquidated, turned into cash, and armed with armed with that new wealth, some of that wealth could find its way into um, into taking up opportunities on a day like today where the stock market does fall and some sectoral stocks are have come off their highs. Um, so there's a that there, there are some new there's a new dimension I think emerging in investing that um, this money is, is in the crypto space and once it's liquidated it will probably find its way into other assets, possibly even gold, um, uh, you know, but uh, technology and other stocks, but certainly um, I think uh, I think in the short term we're just seeing conventional market moves, um, nothing more than that. And uh, longer term, I or medium and longer term, I don't believe the Bank of England will alter its current policy or increase interest rates. 
Indeed. I mean, especially from a tactical position, looking at the FTSE 100 just beneath that 7,000 level, it hasn't been able to to hold above there with much conviction uh, for a period of time. So that's going to be a very key level, a very key psychological level um, for investors going forward. But exactly, exactly. So, Alan, now let's, you, you mentioned crypto there, Bitcoin. Um, overnight went through to the downside 40,000, uh, quite a sharper uh, pullback um, from the highs mm. that we saw above uh, 60,000. And, and it seems to be um, that it's not just Bitcoin, there, there seems to be a lot of other cryptocurrencies uh, that, are, that are moving to, to the downside. Now, this brings us on quite nicely to, to the first equity that we're going to discuss today. Uh, one that we've touched on before, it had a huge rally. Uh, in line with, uh, with with crypto, it's Argo blockchain. Um, but we are looking at a share price now, which is seemingly tracking uh, the Bitcoin price back down to the, uh, uh, the the levels that it that it saw at the beginning of the year when uh, we saw Bitcoin uh, um, embark on this this rally to the upside. I mean, how much do you feel that um, this link between uh, Argo blockchain and, and Bitcoin is going to carry on? Or, or do you think that there's a level there with the business that they're running? Um, it doesn't really have too much of, a, of an impact in the long term what the Bitcoin price does. And, you know, is there anything from that company which would suggest otherwise? Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, Argo is inextricably entwined in Bitcoin because it's a Bitcoin miner. So where goes Bitcoin goes Argo. Um, so it, it is an ap- absolutely a proxy for the, the uh, for um, Bitcoin um, prices. Uh, the company is a miner and um, it has had an incredible year um, setting up, um, of course, uh, 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 mining centers um, across. It's bought a huge plot in Texas to expand mining operations. Um, it's just completed and announced um uh, last week that they had completed the acquisition of two uh, data centers in Quebec in Canada with a combined 20, 20 megawatt output, which is, uh, you know, as Peter Wall, the CEO, said, is another milestone in the company progress. Um, so the, the company has also signed a climate, a crypto climate accord with uh, DMG blockchain, um, aiming to be net zero in its production by 2030. Um so that's great. And obviously, uh, you know, they're looking to minimize running costs um, during e- each month. They, 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 they mine more and more Bitcoin. Um, the numbers for April show that 163 Bitcoin have been mined. Uh, the company now has a total of 936 Bitcoins in total. And of course, CEO Peter Wall famously was the first CEO of a listed company to receive his salary purely in Bitcoin. Um, but you have to remember this company, uh, whilst it, um, it it has this huge exposure to Bitcoin, it does invest in other into other um, uh, into other assets in the sector as well. It has twenty five percent stake in Pluto Digital Assets, which is a decentralized technology investor. So, um, in some of its investing, it's uh, moving away from its core role as a miner, but nonetheless. Um, uh, the, the company is it, it, its its value drivers are all based on the amount of Bitcoin it produces each month. So it will be seeking to up that um, that up that uh, those production numbers to get to a point where instead of 163, maybe it can generate 
300 Bitcoin a month. So if the Bitcoin price is still down here between 25 and 30,000 sterling, um, it, it won't really matter because um, um, Argo will be leveling out because it'll be producing more and more Bitcoin. Then, of course, if it's manufacturing at those sort of levels and the Bitcoin price explodes again, as many people think it will. I mean, some analysts are saying it's going to go to four to five hundred thousand dollars uh, per coin here by the year 2025, which is, you know, quite fantastic, really. But um, if, if indeed it goes much higher, then, of course, um, Argo is going to be a fantastic recovery opportunity. And I'm looking at the share price now where we've fallen from a year high of uh, 339 uh, uh, pence, um, uh, which, uh, of course, put the valuation at well over a billion uh, down to 115 pence where it is today. Um, and, but uh, that's still uh, compared to the year, the 52 week low of 3.4p um, uh, is is still an incredible performance over the year and anyone invested last year um you know they've really had a, a, a 100 bagger on their hands but given the momentum in the business um i think uh, any opportunity like this where you see the price come off so so heavily um depending on your view on bitcoin i think this offers great upside going forward and um is a very investable uh, stock um, at its current level so with these shares, we've discussed a number of companies operating in the crypto space this year, given the rise we've seen in crypto assets. I mean, how much are companies like Argo Blockchain a pure proxy for the price of cryptocurrencies? And how much is it, do you feel that investors should be looking at it for what the company's actually doing and the value that it's creating within its business operations as uh, as compared to just saying, well, it's operating in Bitcoin. I don't really fancy buying Bitcoin. I'm going to buy some shares uh, in a company that operates in, in, in that one. I mean, is it really just a vehicle for tracking the price, do you feel? Or do you think that there's value to be to be had regardless of what the price does there with, uh, with companies like Argo? It is very much a proxy for Bitcoin, John. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, um, at the same time, its um, its uh, mission is to to mine Bitcoin um, as quickly and as effectively and as cheaply as possible. And of course, the, the larger the company grows, the greater the economies of scale um, it, it'll bring to into its offering. So, as I said just now, even though the the price of Bitcoin continues to fall, if as a result of the increased manufacturing or mining capacity, it's able to say double the number of coins it mines from 160 a month to 300 a month. Um, then obviously we'd be back to the year highs, and the the fall in price would be less severe. Um, in addition, as it invests into other technologies within the sector, you know, through uh, I mentioned Pluto Digital Assets, that's a, a key investment the company's made. Um, and and of course invest into other mining facilities to ramp up its uh, it, it's it, it, it's uh, it, it's uh, the the number of coins it produces each month. Then it'll become less volatile based around the Bitcoin price. But it it's still probably if you were going to pick a stock uh, a listed company to be a proxy for Bitcoin, um, other than Coinbase, you probably couldn't get get much closer than uh, Argo Blockchain. 
Fantastic, fantastic. So, Alan, let's move on now to uh, our second company, which is a FTSE 100 company in Rolls-Royce. Uh, particularly interesting to see what some of the travel stocks have done uh, this week. Of course, they, they ha- have all seen quite a strong rally as hopes of a uh, reopening uh, took off at the uh, beginning of, of the year. But we, we've seen a bit of weakness there coming through. Rolls-Royce themselves are up about 46% year to date, but still a tremendous amount off of the highs that we saw before uh, the pandemic. I mean, Alan, what's been been happening there? I know it has had, had some developments uh, at the company. Um, I mean, what do they look like? And, and what does the future look like for, for Rolls-Royce um, given the ongoing uncertainty around um, you know, people taking flights for holidays? Sure. So, so Rolls Royce obviously uh, I'm currently trading with a, an eight and a half billion market cap. Shares are just over a pound and they've traded as high as one pound 40 on the year. But uh, in March last year, of course, when everything fell, they dipped as low as 33p. And with good reason, because of course, it's the eponymous uh, aero engine manufacturer. You know, if you're it, it, you know, you you go, um, you, you travel on a plane. As you walk out of the plane, you'll see those huge engines hanging under the wings. And uh, you know, most of them nowadays are Rolls Royce, and they they are quite rightly uh, the best aero engines in the world. Um, but of course, there are Rolls has many other interests in defence and uh, technology and um, and other other areas where it um, it earns its income from. And it's made a, a, a huge effort over the past few years to start the diversification process to move away from its core offering as an aero engine manufacturer. Um, and uh, the, the most recent uh, um, step, well, the, this, uh, the, the most uh, significant step is the, the move uh, to set up a consortium to manufacture um, uh, mini, a series of mini nuclear power plants up and down the UK, uh, known as SMRs, Small Modular Reactors. Um, so this consortium includes um, Jacobs and Lango Rourke, and um, uh, each uh, each um, of these is uh, each of these plants is expected to cost up to up, up to twenty three uh, billion apiece. Um, and uh, uh, but but of course it's uh, in 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 moving into this area, it takes a huge step um, down the road to meeting the UK's uh, net zero emissions target in twenty fifty. Um, and and you know this is it's a it's a good departure for roles. It's a departure into green tech, um, and uh, of course it's uh, it, it's um, very necessary. I think for the future of the business uh, uh, going forward. Um, so we've got um, uh, we the company um, announced uh, the other day uh, some numbers, um, which um, whilst they were good in the market, they they didn't necessarily impress the um the analysts and certainly uh, deutsche bank um put out a note on the group yesterday um uh, rolls basically reaffirmed its its guidance for the full year um and it said that uh, you know it was seeing an improvement in the aerospace industry as as uh, you know flights uh, recommenced and uh, travel travel started uh, down the road to a, a return to normal uh, and of course we're still a, a long way off that um but um, of course, what Rolls also does, aside from building the engines, it builds the engines and it has contracts to to service the engines and uh, provide replacement parts um, all around the world. Um, and 
during the first, during the first four months of this year, large engine flying hours were down were forty percent down on two thousand nineteen levels, um, and lower than of course the um, the full year for twenty twenty. So that has put a huge dent in Rolls's profits, obviously. But um, the, the company's provided guidance, and it's confident it's going to hit that. But uh, there are some doubts, and um, of course, it's an extremely uncertain outlook. We've already seen. Some of the smaller um, airlines go to the wall. Flybe, of course, went to the wall, I think, just after COVID started last year. So um, the, diversi diver the diversification into new areas, uh, such as SMRs, is very important. Um, and of course, um, but of course, uh, Rolls has got to really bring those on stream pretty quickly in order that it can s supplement the revenues that it's lost through um, uh, through the aerospace business um, uh, uh, going forward. And uh, so so the, the jury is very much out. But I mean, the, the one good thing for investors and shareholders is Rolls continues to pay a small 1.5% uh, dividend, is uh, a 1.5% dividend yield. Um, so uh, in that regard, it's uh, the, the future is looking a lot brighter for investors um, than it has done for some time. And of course, if you... If you took, if you just, if you decided last year to make a move into the stock and pick up the stock um, when it hit its low, in fact, it wasn't in March; it was in August last year. Then you'll have, um, then you know, you'll be sitting on a stock that's uh, quadrupled in value and still pays a dividend. So um, it, it's certainly a long-term hold. Would I invest at this point? Um, uh, I, I think I'd need to. I'd, I'd want further evidence that. Uh, the SMR rollout is underway, um, and of course uh, that project's got to got to uh, um, be rolled out, uh, and we've got to see Mars to achieve fairly rapidly. I think uh, certainly for me to uh, uh, um, d uh, make a decision to invest into the company, but a great British company nonetheless, and uh, one that I very much hope will um, will uh, will uh, go on to new highs in the uh, in the not too distant future. So, Alan, just just one last point here with with Rolls Royce. Um, you, you know, a skeptic may argue that yes, that they're moving into these uh, new modular nuclear plants. But I mean, how much do you think that this is just maybe a, a short term PR move to show investors that they're thinking about uh, the future? They're thinking about um, green energy, and also saying, you know, we're not just a one trick pony. Um, here with um, you know our, our focus on aviation, and you know, is, is there going to be? Do you feel that when things start to get back to, to normal, whatever normal may be, and the number of flights start to pick up, um, and you know, in turn, that we then start to see uh, higher demand for for new aircraft? Do you think that this new project will fall to the wayside to some extent? No, I don't believe it will because, uh, of course, we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Um, new technologies are entering aerospace the whole time. I mean, we're we're seeing um, we're seeing uh, electric engines uh, being tested uh, in uh, in aircraft around the world at various levels, very successfully. So, so, um, but 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 I think the good thing is with Rolls, they are they are the leading aerospace manufacturer. Um, and I recognise as such. So uh, I've no doubt Rolls will pioneer any move if the if if the the, the type of air engines they manufacture are 
they manufacture change and you know perhaps become huge electric motors um so they'll still be at the forefront of that but i don't think they can rely on that going forward because we've got this sea change moving away from the traditional combustion engines into electric technology they've that's that will create an, a, a modicum of uncertainty for investors wondering what Rolls' strategy will be around that. So I think it's important that Rolls do diversify. And I don't believe the uh, the SMR project is just window dressing at all. I think that's a serious move by Rolls to diversify and to develop new revenue streams for, for the business. But they'll need to keep on doing this going forward. Indeed. Um, a very interesting future there. That's something that they, they heavily push into and uh, a new area of business at Rolls-Royce that we'll be very much keeping a close eye on. So, Alan, let's move on to our final stock of today. Now, this is one that we have discussed, um, I think it was last year, on, on the podcast. And at the time, it was one that I highlighted um, for, for, for two reasons um, in, in terms of their business model uh, and the attractiveness uh, of it. They've got two key points for me. They have a model that has reoccurring revenue and they're also operating in a market which is expanding. Um, this is CVS Group, uh, the veterinary group, and with the rise in popularity of um, buying puppies, um, buying kittens during uh, lockdown and, and, and the pandemic, um, we've seen a huge increase in demand for, for their services. That was reflected uh, in figures uh, that we saw earlier on this year. But what's been the, the latest developments from them, Alan? Okay, so CVS Group um, are, um, uh, as you rightly say, that they own a chain of veterinary surgeries up and down the country. In fact, they're the largest integrated veterinary services provider in the UK. Um, they also own uh, um, a, a series of diagnostic labs, um, they have uh, a very strong um, online presence. Uh, they have the MyVet Club, which uh, provides partnerships and discounts for vets that decide to remain independent. Uh, and also, um, sadly or otherwise, they have a they have a chain of pet crematoriums up and down the country, uh, seven crematoriums. Um, and uh, it, it's this integrated services approach that they provide that has underlined the core. The, the core reason for their success. And of course, we've all heard about uh, lockdown pets, um, people buying pets in lockdown. So when they get out, they can walk and they have a reason to, to get out. And on the back of that, um, we've seen the cost of buying a puppy or buying a, a kitten uh, double, uh, treble, quadruple in some cases. Um, uh, and uh, in fact, uh, um, a member of our family is buying a, a German pointer puppy. And uh, compared to what we paid for ours a few years ago, it's quite staggering. Um, and of course, along with this, you've got um, all the vets fees, the injections, the jabs, the the, the, the inoculations, um, everything that's required throughout the life of, of the puppy. Um, there are insur the, the uh, CVS group also um, have their insurance service providing pet insurance because the cost of some operations, as you can imagine, you know, uh, uh, anyone who's seen the Channel 4 programme, the SuperVet, will uh, will be aware of some of the detailed operations that um, have taken place on, on pets who have had an accident or similar. And the amount of money that's involved in that is astonishing. Um, so looking at the company as an entity, um, 
if you if you look at the the announcements, say, over the past year, you'll see pretty well month on month, there's an acquisition here, an acquisition there. And the company just continues to buy up these independent uh, veterinary surgeries. Um, and the net result is that they're just because, of course, with that, uh, when you uh, when you look after uh, that many vets, your access to um, to drugs, to equipment, uh, uh, offers and creates huge economies of scale. So you can then order on a you can then order a much larger batch of, um, say, Metacam, which is painkiller for pets, um, and get a huge discount in the process, which means you can charge it out at full rate so your profit margins improve massively. And this is what the CVS group approach is, and they've done it very well indeed. Um, if we just go, if we just sort of uh, um, bring the company up to date for this year, we've had a, literally every trading update, every announcement over the past year, um, has seen, um, I mean, in, in, in uh, the full year results, uh, we, saw, we saw sales up 63%. We saw, um, we saw um, EBITDA margins increase by 19%. Um, and uh, just a, a, constant, um, a co- constant growth on all of the key metrics. Um, in April, uh, we had a further trading update ahead of full year results. Um, the, the board reported strong trading. Uh, and the board are confident it will continue. Um, as a result, full year revenues and EBITDA will be comfortably ahead of expectations, quote unquote. Um, and this has just been a feature of the company through the year. So you can look look back to this time last year. The share shares were trading at about nine nine, nine pounds a share. Today they're trading at twenty one pounds, having hit a year high recently of twenty three pound fifty. Um, and uh, and of course, it uh, it just continues to 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 push forward. Um, at some stage, I would expect the the company will start to pay a dividend. But um, certainly for capital growth, it's delivered a a very strong return for investors, and that's also reflected by by the board. Uh, Non-exec Richard Gray in March bought three thousand shares at eighteen pounds seventy. Chairman Richard Connell bought five thousand shares at eighteen pounds. Um, also, um, so. So, so really, the business at the moment can do no wrong. And looking forward, um, the, this huge popularity in pets and pet services, and and uh, you know anything that that pets need—beds, beds, bedding, or um, you know collars, shoes, uh, bones—you name it. Um, it's just a huge burdening business. And I think this company is just going to continue going from strength to strength because it's a huge burgeoning industry that shows no signs of uh, slowing down. So, I don't know, I mean, just just looking at the figures here and, you know, you, you're looking at, you know, the revenue figures um, I, I have here for the the six months to the end of uh, the 31st of December, um, you know, revenue came in at, at 245. If you annualise that, you're looking at, uh, at about half a billion pounds in, in revenue. We're trading with a valuation on this company of 1.4 billion. Um, you know, this isn't a business which has particularly high margins because you're looking at profit before tax um, of, of around about 15 million for that uh, that period. Again, if you annualise it very crudely, you're looking at 30 million. So you, you know, if you're looking at multiples, um, you know, possibly an annualised profit um, of 30 million. Um, but you're looking at a market cap of 1.4. Do, 
Some may argue that it looks pretty rich on a valuation basis. I mean, what what would you say to anybody that's, that, that says that? I, I'd say yes, I agree with you. It, it does look rich. and um, uh, But I think... Um, you, there are a number of considerations you have to make when you're buying it when you're buying a stock um firstly look back at the consistency of results and if you go back over the results uh, from previous years you'll see there's been a consistent build-up to this it's just the the margins have incrementally improved time on time and whilst the profit margins aren't great the the company consistently delivers improvements uh at the half year and the full year at, 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 at the full year level. So um, there's also, of course, the trend is your friend. And when you've got a company that's growing as consistently as this, um, there's st- it's still got a, a huge number of uh, acquisition, acquisitions it could make. Um, it could expand the business uh, overseas and, and, and grow the business uh, across Europe. There are all sorts of opportunities for the company to continue this exponential growth um and of course what, what could what, what what could go wrong i mean um if there i, I think if there were uh, uh, issues with pet ownership or or um, restrictions on, on pet ownership that could have some bearing going forward um and of course with the proliferation in pets now a lot of people uh, aren't used to the responsibility that comes with owning a pet and of course a lot of them get to cast by you know uh, you know uh, uh, left left out or taken to a rescue center for another to, for another family to take them on but um you know that they still have to be fed they still have to be looked after so the, the underlying fundamentals that drive the market cvs operates in um is compelling i, I can't see uh, at the moment i can't see any weakness in the business case Fantastic, fantastic. So that's one that we have discussed on the podcast previously. And, you know, with the evolving uh, business, there, I'm sure that we'll be um, updating listeners again when we get the next instalment of figures from uh, from CVS Group. So um, just as a recap, um, equities that we discussed in detail today were Rolls-Royce, which trades under the ticker of RR. Um, Argo Blockchain, which trades under the ticker of ARB, and just then was CVS Group, which trades under the ticker of CVSG. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, John. So just as a note for listeners, we have the UK Investor Magazine virtual conference for May um, coming up on the 25th of may which is next tuesday so do check out the links on our website to get yourself signed up for that we have um presenting and we're going to be trident resources we hope you enjoyed listening to the uk investor magazine podcast please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player the views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.